0: Nearly a third of the way into the season, the Texas Rangers are one of the best teams in all of baseball. On today's show, I'm breaking down what went right and wrong for Texas so far and how sustainable this success is. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are locked on in the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank y'all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Today is Friday, May 26th, and your Rangers are 31-18, and 18, alone atop the AL West with a three-game lead. On today's show, we're getting into what's gone right and wrong for the Rangers at 40 games this season. Also taking a look at minor league, awarding a minor league player of the week for the farm system and a look ahead at this massive series in Baltimore, a packed show today. Before we get to that, today's episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your experiences expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmlb. Now, your Texas Rangers have been one of the best teams in all of baseball, 49 games in for themselves, nearly the 50-game mark. I wish they would have hit 50 for before this episode, we could do a nice little even 50, but 49 is basically 50, and the Rangers are basically a third of the way into the season, so getting that point, we are at Memorial Day weekend this weekend, so this is the point in the year where we start to look around and say, okay, this is real, let's look at the standings, let's see who's doing what, and this is a kind of a real picture of what a team is. You can have a fluky hot first month, the Rangers had a really good first month, and everyone thought, okay, cool, the Rangers are kind of doing well, they've still got their Grom, you know, whatever, I don't really buy it, and now we are nearly two months into the season, and the rest of baseball is looking around and saying, whew, those Texas Rangers are They're actually really good, and they have been very good. And the way they've done it is through having the best offense in all of baseball, one of the best starting rotations in all of baseball, and, um, well let's let's not get to the bullpen until we get into what has gone wrong and what is unsustainable, but Texas has the most runs scored among any team in all of baseball. They are tied for the best run differential at, uh, or actually, they have just been passed by the Rays. They did pass them momentarily when the Rays lost, I believe it was 20 to 1, and their position players got absolutely blown up in the ninth inning, but the Rays have taken back that run differential title at plus 114. The Rangers are at plus 112, second best in all of baseball, and no one else is particularly close to them. The next closest team is the Atlanta Braves at plus 58. So the Rangers are are just way way ahead. They are blowing teams out. They are dominating them with consistent performance from their offense, and they've done it without Corey Seager for the most part. They just added him back, but at the top of the lineup, it starts with Marcus Simeon. And what's gone right for the Rangers has to start with Marcus Simeon. Last year, he was off to the worst start of his career. Typically, a very very slow starter for his entire career. This year, the talk. Going into spring training was okay. He knows the facilities. He knows what it's like. He is not having to negotiate labor peace this off season. Thankfully, he was able to, you know, communicate with Ranger staff, go, you know, organize team activities, and he's like, I, I don't think I'm going to start slow this year. I think I'm going to start off pretty hot. And the first week, he was like, okay, he's he's doing all right, but since then i mean he has just been incredibly consistent hitting at 299 and on base of 373 and ops of 870 through 49 games he has played every game for the rangers eight home runs for him he is leading baseball with 3.0 baseball reference war he is second in fan graphs war he has just been flat out one of the best players in all of baseball the catalyst among that rangers lineup starts things off hot does well in clutch situations. The bottom of the Rangers order has been getting on base, getting on base, and scoring position for Marcus Simon, and he has been driving them in in bunches. Uh, 40 RBIs this year, which is second on the team to justin Adoles Garcia, who has also been a huge, huge benefit to the Rangers in their lineup this year, batting cleanup this year, and has the second most home run. I think the third most home runs in all baseball, tied for the lead in the American League homer chase with 14 with Aaron Judge, and is Major League Baseball's leader. With 49 RBIs and 851 OPS this year, 14 home runs through 48 games. He has actually only missed one game for the rangers been very very consistent coming up in huge spots and again that's just what adolis garcia does he is stinging the crap out of baseballs and he is walking at a much much better rate than he had in the past and that has really unlocked his offense he has always been a guy who stings the crap out of the baseball has always been very very athletic always had one of the best arm outfield arms in baseball when he's been up and this year he is walking right around league average which has just really unlocked everything know was average exit velocity max exit velo hard hit percentage expected slugging all of those in the top 10 percent of baseball along with his barrel rate as well his expected Woba is in the top 13 percent of baseball he has just been very very elite he's cut down the strikeouts just a little bit still striking out more than league average 42nd percentile there chasing a little bit less and still swinging and missing a decent bit and overall defensively I think his value has gone down just a little bit even though he's still getting good jumps still has a great arm it's just kind of the random misplays that have kind of Plagued him a bit but he has been incredibly consistent for the Rangers as has the number 5 hitter Josh Young who is one of if not the favorite for American League Rookie of the Year. He's got an 8.17 OPS, slugging 4.97 with an on-base of 3.20 through 46 games, 11 home runs. He is second on the team and he is on pace to break Adolis Garcia's rookie record with 31 home runs for the franchise. He is on pace for I believe 35, 36 home runs and I don't know, maybe he can keep this up. Maybe he can't, but he can definitely keep up the great defense he has been playing, which has been just a, a huge, huge deal for him. He was never projected to be a guy who's going to be Adrian Beltre at the hot quarter, which which is fine, but he was always projected to be a guy who could hit very well, hit for average, have a good approach at the plate, and there were a lot of questions about his power well, with 11 bombs through 46 games this year and 8 doubles as well, slugging nearly 500. Those, those questions about his power have really, really dried up. Nathaniel Lowe, his power hasn't been quite as much on display this year. Does lead the team with 16 doubles, only five home runs so far, but he's still been very, very solid offensively. Defensively, he's taken a step forward. He was one of the worst, if not the worst, defenders at first base last year. He's been much, much improved this year. A 1.7 baseball reference war for him through 49 games. He has also played every single game for the Rangers this year. He is hitting 290 with an on-base of 370. So getting that walk rate back up last year, he sacrificed a little bit of that walk rate for power and it really showed out and i think that was a great move now kind of balancing having an elite walk rate while also still making the most of his very very big raw power he has like i said five home runs one triple and 16 uh doubles this year the on base is 370 slugging 461 that is an 831 ops an ops plus of 130 the ops plus is in this lineup are almost across the board well above average. Jonah Heim 115, Nathaniel Lowe at first 130, Marcus Simeon 140, Ezekiel Duran 134, Josh Young 23% better than league average, Leo Tavares in center field 16% better than league average, Adolis, 32% better than league average, and oh yeah Corey Seager who's only played 18 games 77% above league average is his OPS. In those 18 games, just 79 play appearances, he has 3 home runs, 7 doubles, and on-base of 4 Four eighteen and slugging at five ninety one and oh yeah that's your shortstop who has missed over a month and the Rangers just did not skip a beat because Ezekiel Duran has been one of the biggest and best surprises for the Rangers this year as has Leody Taveras's progress I mean he is the nine hole hitter and he has always played elite center field defense the question was can he hit and the first month of the season was was really rough for him and. As of late, he has really, really turned it on. Getting on base at a 367 clip with his elite speed is huge. He's not been as great on the base pass as I thought he would be with these rule changes. Five steals to just three times caught stealing. He has been caught stealing the most of anybody on this team. Actually, Ezekiel Duran is the only other team, the only other person on the team who has been caught stealing multiple times. But the Rangers have been monsters on the base pass as well. Marcus Simeon, along with hitting eight home runs this year, has seven doubles. He might be back in the 25-25 club. He might have a 33. 30 season in him this year because he's been very effective on the bases and he hasn't really even gone off on a big power stretch so far this year. He has just been incredibly consistent as has Leody Tavares in the month of May. The defense is still elite, and when your 9-hole hitter has that elite speed, getting on base at a good clip, and, and stinging the baseball pretty hard while he's doing it, there's just not much you can do with this lineup. But there are some guys who are struggling in this lineup. There are some parts of this team that might not be sustainable. Coming up, we're going to look at the biggest surprises and the biggest reasons why the Rangers might not be able to sustain this level of success in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock by uh, our friend friends at bird dogs. Bird dogs are the most comfortable shorts you will ever get. The most comfortable pair of pants you will ever get. You have got to try yourself some bird dogs. I've We got some bird dogs in the mail and, you know, I have been constantly wearing them since they sent me my couple of pairs. They are stylish. They make you feel good. They make you look good. They make my legs feel fantastic. They got a built-in liner, so they are incredibly, incredibly comfortable. And, you know, I've been taking my dog on a, a lot of walks this week and it's been pretty hot out there and I don't feel like I'm sweating through these shorts at all. They are so comfortable, so breathable in the Texas heat. They are fantastic. You have got to try yourself some bird dogs. So if you want to go and get yourself a pair, you got to go check them out. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB and when you enter promo code MLB, they will throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. So go get yourself a pair. The most, most comfortable and stylish shorts of the summer. It is summer season. Go get yourself a pair of bird dogs Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. For Monday's show, I'll be recapping this crucial weekend series, maybe with a crossover with Locked On Orioles. The Rangers take on the O's this weekend. You can catch every pitch with the Hometown Broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, I know I said I was going to talk about the three biggest surprises, but I didn't really get into how good the Rangers rotation has been this year. The Rangers starters have a 325 ERA as a team that is the third best in all of baseball behind the Twins and the Rays. They are better than the Astros, the Braves, and the Mariners. Nathan Eovaldi has been the big part of that. He has also been one of the biggest surprises, so I'm going to get into what he has been doing. He is leading baseball with 69 and a third innings pitch, which is pretty darn nice, and of his last five starts, he has pitched 41 and two-thirds of 45 possible innings. He has an 0.86 ERA during that stretch. He has been so good, so consistent for this Texas Rangers squad, and he has done it ever since Jacob deGrom went down. They got a month, basically, of Jacob deGrom, and he was fantastic when he was here. But he has not pitched since the end of april i believe it is sometime in the next couple weeks he's going to throw a bullpen today so we'll have a little bit more information about what when jacob Degrom is going to come back maybe in the next week i'm thinking sometime around the beginning of june is when we will see jacob Degrom back on the hill but the staff has been so good so incredibly consistent and it's made up for some of the things that have not gone right for this team. But the things that have been the biggest surprises, number one is Nathan Eovaldi, like I just said. Number two, I've got to say Ezekiel Duran. I was a big Ezekiel Duran believer. I loved what I saw from him. I thought he was going to win the left field job out of camp in spring training. He didn't, but he did still make the roster. And I thought, okay, this guy needs to be getting every day at bats. He is an exceptional bat. He barrels up everything. He's a little aggressive and probably needs to walk a little bit more, maybe work on that, maybe go down to AAA and work on his defense in left field or center field because, you know, shortstop is covered. Second base is covered. Third base is covered. First base. All of the infield spots are covered for the next at least three seasons, if not the next five, six, and maybe even eight or so years um, in the case of Corey Seager being under contract for quite some time but Corey Seager went down and the Rangers thought okay well we're gonna you know, platoon Josh Smith and Ezekiel Duran I thought okay it's probably gonna be more Josh Smith because I trust his glove more at shortstop than I trust Ezekiel Duran but Durant's bat just made it impossible to get him out of the lineup, and he was fantastic at shortstop as well in the 89th percentile of outs above average while playing almost entirely shortstop this year. He's played a little bit of second, a little bit of third, and a little bit in the outfield. And I think we'll probably start to see him a little bit more in the corner outfield when Mitch Garver comes back. We'll get to that in just a second, how his rehab outing is going. But he has been a huge, huge blessing for the Rangers so far this year. He has got an 855 OPS, which is 2nd? On the team among everydayers who uh, discounting Corey Seager who only has 18 games under his belt. Um, not that I ever want to discount Corey Seager and it's a huge benefit to the Rangers that he's back but having Ezekiel Duran step in in his place and it'd be like the Rangers didn't miss a single beat was absolutely ginormous for this team and the third biggest surprise for the Rangers this year has been Will Smith. He has been exceptional for the Rangers. The one bullpen arm that is trustworthy at this point. He had his 100th save of his career, which was massive to save the winning series in Pittsburgh, a 265 ERA in 17 innings, 21 strikeouts, 11.1 Ks per nine, 2.6 walks per nine, and just 5.3 hits per nine for him. He has been a, a godsend for this Rangers bullpen that has just been really, really bad and why this? Why the success is not sustainable? Well, we we've seen what the Rangers can do in close games, and I'm really worried about this series in Baltimore um, because I mean this is going to be a tale of two pens. This is going to be two hot offenses, and um, when we get late in these games, I trust almost every single Baltimore reliever more than nearly any reliever in this Rangers pen. I mean, Brock Burke, Jonathan Hernandez, Jose Leclerc, Josh Spores. I mean, all of these guys have just been very unreliable. Joe Barlow, even in the short sample size that he's been up. I mean, everyone has had their very public, very brutal meltdowns. And if the Rangers can't keep winning games, they're not going to blow everybody out all year. I and mean, when you have a great offense, and you do that well with runners scoring vision like the Rangers have done, eventually it's going to come back down to earth just a little bit. You're not going to score 10 runs literally every game. You're not going to get elite outings from all of your starting pitchers every single game. And eventually you're going to have to win a lot more close games. So the bullpen being an absolute trash fire is is not sustainable at all. Jonah Heim is also falling back down to earth. It was something that he did last year. He started off with a fantastic first half last year and then in the second half just came crashing back down to earth so far in the month of May. It has been pretty brutal for Jonah Heim. He started off fantastic in April. He had a 979 OPS in April slash March in 23 games 22 starts there. And in 19 games in May, he has got a 579 OPS, just one home run versus five home runs in April and March. And I'm pretty sure that home run came at the very beginning of May. So it's been a bit of a rough stretch for him. I think that he should probably get some more time off. Having this one day off is going to be good. I thought they might also give him the Wednesday off, but with Martin Perez on the hill, the Rangers really wanted their best pitch framer on behind the dish. And he has still been exceptional defensively. Having that power come out in spurts is huge, and he's in the six hole in the Rangers lineup, and he's been for the most part very consistent. He was part of why the Rangers were blowing everybody out, because when one through six, everybody in your order is, you know, has an OPS in like eight hundreds or so, it is very hard to keep these guys off base. And then the bottom third of the Rangers order was also doing very well. But I don't think that Heim is, you know, necessarily in trouble, or he's going to always have just be unsustainable not having mitch garver has been really really hurtful for him not being able to give him more days off and uh, you know speaking of mitch garver we'll get to him in just a second and speaking of health but the health of this rotation i think it's sustainable but Counting on all of these guys, all four of the guys that have been healthy all season to give you 30 starts is not necessarily something that's going to add up. Nathan Eovaldi has been exceptional that 260 ERA in 10 starts um, is, is great, and he keeps pitching deep into games. That's been great statistically speaking he's probably going to have at least a month or so where he is hurt and the rangers will need some depth from their starters they have gotten it from dane dunning stepping in while jacob Degrom has been on the il he has a 167 era in 12 games four of those have been starts he has not allowed more than two earned runs in any single start and i think there's only been one start where he's allowed multiple earned runs and he's been very good and all of his numbers look a lot better than last year, but not not quite sub-2 ERA. I don't think that's going to keep up all season. I think he might stay in the rotation, be a good number 5-6 starter, Um, but counting on all these guys like John Gray and Andrew Heaney and Nathan Ivaldi, and, well, we've already seen Jacob DeGrom get hurt um, to stay healthy. It's not necessarily sustainable. It's good that they have Dane Dunning back there and maybe Cole Reagans makes his way into the rotation at some point. Um, We'll see what, what they end up doing with him, but... I don't know that this this rotation is going to stay healthy all year. I hope it does. And if it does, then this team definitely can still win the AL out West, um, especially depending on how healthy Jacob DeGrom is for the rest of this season. But the Rangers have really gotten fortunate there. They did have an injury to Jake Odorizzi, and they had injuries to um, Glenn Otto and uh, Spencer Howard, who maybe were considered as thoughts in this rotation. Um, but for the top five guys to only have Jacob DeGrom being the one missing time and not having, you know, a multiple months long injury we're thinking at this point we're hopeful that Jacob DeGrom's injury is not multiple months long. Um, but that is something that has gone right for the Rangers. Hope that it's sustainable. But speaking of health, Mitch Garver and Travis Jankowski are rehabbing in AAA Round Rock while they are in Albuquerque. I think that we're going to see uh, Travis Jankowski on this roster a little bit earlier than Mitch Garver. And speaking of Ezekiel Duran, like we were in his health, he missed the Wednesday game with a, a rib injury or an oblique injury. Um, it, it seems like Bochi was was optimistic that he wasn't going to go on the IL, thankfully, um, but still, if he does end up going on the IL, I think that we will see Travis Jankowski called back up for him, or at some point, the Rangers are going to DFA Brad Miller. It, it's going to happen at some point, whether it's when Mitch Garver comes back up or Travis Jankowski comes back up, but it, it is happening at some point, but the Rangers could really use Mitch Garver's bat in this lineup and giving him, giving Jonah Heim some days off at catcher, and seeing how sustainable the bright hot spots that we see Mitch Garver in um, and how long the Rangers can keep him healthy. Coming up, we're going to look at this weekend series and a little bit at the minor league system and including a relief prospect who's doing very, very well and worth keeping an eye on. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a great service that helps you. It's a finance app that helps find and cancel all of your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forgot about and you know chances are you're probably one of them. Like, you know, that one streaming service that you use just a couple of times and and then you completely forgot about or you know maybe there is that uh that one, you know, stars app that you Find and paid, found and paid for for months. I'll I'll cancel that before the free trial is done, and then you kind of forgot to do it. Well, Rocket Money will quickly and easily find all the subscriptions for you, and if there are any that you don't want or don't pay for anymore, you can just hit cancel, and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It is just that easy. Rocket Money also helps you manage your finances all in one place and automatically categorize your expenses, so you can quickly and easily track your budget in real time and get alerted if anything looks off over 3 million people have used rocket money saving the average person up to 720 dollars a year so stop throwing your money away cancel unwanted subscriptions manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on mlb that's rocketmoney.com slash locked on mlb again rocketmoney.com slash locked mlb Thank you all so much for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every day on Monday. show. I'll be recapping this massive series. I'm going to try and get a crossover with Connor Newcomb, host of Lockdown Orioles. He's got a great show over there and a great team over there. You can catch every game, every pitch of this Rangers-Orioles this weekend on the XM app. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers in there. But we're going to talk about the minor leagues first. Minor League Friday, Farm Friday, if you will. so close. Minor League Monday or Farm Friday. Come on, Bryce. Pick, pick and alliterate. Anyway, two of the, the biggest things that happened this weekend or this week on the farm, Emiliano Teodo and Dane Acker, two guys in high A this year, made their season debuts in the same game, both pitching prospects, both with some hype on them. Dane Acker is one of the pieces that the Rangers got in, I believe, the Elvis Andrews trade from... The Oakland A's, a former OU guy who has just not pitched a whole lot. When he's been on the hill, he has been electric, but he has just not been healthy very much. Two and a third innings for him, starting that game on, I believe this was Wednesday for the Hickory Crawdads. Um, the Ranger or the Crawdads end up winning 4-2 over the Asheville Tourists, which that's a it's a weird name for a minor league team, but again, they're all kind of weird names. That assumes that Crawdad isn't a weird name, but two and a third hitless innings and scoreless innings for Dane Acker, three walks. Three strikeouts in those two and a third innings. Milion Teoto, who has been hurt all year, he is one of the most interesting prospects. I believe I had him in the 20s in my preseason top prospects ranking. He's a guy who throws 100 miles an hour and has a curveball in the 90s, Yeah, a 90-mile-an-hour curveball he can locate pretty well. Three innings for him in this one in relief. Two walks, one strikeout, two hits, no earned runs. Good to see him on the hill. Hickory pitchers have been fairly decent so far this year and um, not quite as good as the down-east Wood Ducks pitchers who have had a really, really great season. But while we were talking about guys who might end up as relievers in the major leagues, including talking about uh, Emiliano Teodo, uh the guy who is my minor league uh, prospect of the week. I tried to find like one pitch, one starting pitcher with one really dominant outing or one hitter who had a really, really great week. And there just wasn't a lot. And so I I went ahead and and chose Alex Speece. If you don't know much about Alex Speece, he's a guy who's not ended up on almost any top prospect list because he briefly retired from minor league baseball to go and be, I believe, a high school baseball coach. He throws 101 miles an hour, and you know he doesn't always necessarily know where it's going. The last time that he pitched um, in 2021, he made 15 appearances for Frisco. This is a tweet and a thread from Tepid Participation at P on Twitter. Uh, in those 15 appearances for Frisco in 2021, at 1125 ERA, 21 walks to... 23 strikeouts in just 12 innings pitched, 15 earned runs, coached high school in 2022. Called the Rangers said he wanted one more shot so far this year. um, Let's see, where'd we go? He has uh, 14 and a third innings pitched. Hold on, no, no, no. that is... For a different stat, give me just one second. We can pull up old Alex Beast and what he has done so far this year because it has been very good. Yeah, 14 appearances, a 117 ERA, 15 in a third innings so far this year, and 24 strikeouts to 9 walks, and that has been much better as of late. He also, in this week, he had 4 outings, 4 games, 4 innings pitched, 2 hits, 2 walks, 9 strikeouts, 0 earned runs, 1 unearned run, though, and he came in in a big, big spot in the Thursday game, came with the bases loaded, no outs, down 3-1 in the top of the fifth, and he just needed to stop the bleeding, got a sack fly to start that off, and then two swinging Ks, throws 101 miles an hour with a very nasty slider, a really great story, and an easy kid to root for. If he can keep those walks down, like he has been doing as of late, uh, that would be a huge, huge benefit in his big feather in his cap Um, only three walks in his last seven outings before this most recent one um when tepid was doing this threat actually that was as of may 23rd so the walk rate has been coming down that is the huge question for him and most of the relievers in that pen in frisco including mark church who by the way walked i believe three and ending in a third in his triple a debut so he's he's not quite ready for the big leagues but alex beast great story definitely deserves to be prospect of the week and a guy to keep an eye on because if he keeps doing this and keeps limiting those walks and keeps having these insane strikeout numbers, then he's going to be in the A bullpen before long. And if he keeps doing it there, then the Rangers could really use a guy who throws 101 with a nasty slider even he doesn't always necessarily know where that stuff is going. But the Rangers have a big weekend series against the Orioles. Basically the story of the Orioles is that they're they're basically like the Rangers, except flip flip the bullpen in the starting rotation. Except their rotation hasn't been terrible. It's just been aggressively average. The the Orioles offense is deep. It is stacked. It's not quite as good at the top as the Rangers order is. They don't have a Corey Seeger or a Marcus Simeon in there, but they still have a really, really good offense. Adley Rutschman is one of, if not the best catchers in all of baseball and OPS over 800 seven home runs for him walks at an insane rate at 391 on base percentage. Ryan Moundcastle hits the absolute crap out of baseball's 11 home runs for him. Uh, Gunnar Henderson was a guy who was thought to be, I believe the rookie of the year. Favorite has kind of scuffled out of the gates. Still, Kind of turning it around just a little bit at third base. Cedric Mullins looks more like the guy who got some MVP votes and some All-Star votes that he did in the last couple of years when it's been a little bit of a rough stretch for him. An 865 OPS on the year, an elite center fielder at the top of their order. Anthony Santander is also a great right fielder. Big offense for him. Austin Hayes is hitting over 300 with an OPS over 800. So they have a very very deep lineup as well. The guy who was. Probably their MVP for the first month of the season, Jorge Mateo, their shortstop, had an OPS over 1,000 at 1,062 in April, and in May, I mean, I know Jonah Heim has fallen off a cliff, but, like, it has been really rough for Mateo with a 2-6... 276 OPS in May. And uh, yeah, not great for them, but still, he's hitting ninth in their order, so they can kind of leave with that. I think he'll kind of bounce back, but hopefully not this weekend against the Rangers. The starting pitching matchups for this weekend John Gray versus Grayson Rodriguez, Andrew Heaney versus Dean Kremer, and Dane Dunning versus Kyle Bradish on Sunday. I believe the Rangers, I. I i pretty much would favor the rangers in all of those matchups maybe dane dunning versus bradish bradish might get a little bit of the edge there but dunning's been fantastic in all his starts this year so the rangers really really are looking to take a bunch of these games hopefully two out of three this is one of the best teams in all of baseball only one of two teams with a better record than the Rangers. It is going to be huge for Texas, and the last time that these teams played in Baltimore was a three-game sweep for the Rangers. All three one-run losses, and in two of those three games, the first two, the Rangers had a one-run lead heading into the bottom of the ninth inning. That is my nightmare situation for this series. The Baltimore bullpen has Felix Bautista, who has been exceptional the last three years. Yenier Cano might be the biggest story in all of baseball, a .68 ERA and just one walk in 26 and two thirds innings and 29 strikeouts. He has been exceptional as their closer or as their setup man. Mike Bauman has been very good for them. Um, Brian Baker, Danny Colombe, um, like just pretty much everyone in their pen, all, all of those guys, all five of them have been exceptional. And if the Rangers had five exceptional leavers, I mean, the Rangers might have 40 wins at this point honestly it's been that uh, it's been that much of a struggle for the bullpen so the Rangers need to get out early on these starting pitchers who have just been fine don't let the Orioles get a lead late and pray that you have enough of a big lead and the starters go deep enough into games like they have been doing as of late that it just does not become a close game late because this Orioles team has the most comeback wins in all of baseball. The Raiders have the bullpen, I believe most susceptible at the moment to giving up comeback wins so Rangers need to pile on early hold on for dear life which has been the story of this team for the last couple weeks I wish I could tell you that there was going to be a deviation from the norm this weekend but that's kind of what it's going to be for now unless one of the Rangers relievers who is not named Will Smith, just magically finds another gear. Hopefully the Rangers can have that happen and take two out of three in Baltimore. That would be huge. Avoid the sweep at all costs. But if you take two out of three, that is a huge statement about where this team is right now and a very fun electric series coming up this weekend. Thank y'all so much for making Locked on Rangers your first listen every day. If you're not already, follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock, follow the show at Locked on Rangers and subscribe on YouTube. Thank y'all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.